Hello, and welcome back to the sixth episode of 18 to 24. This week, we will start off by taking a look at some of the most competitive races for U.S. House and Senate seats, and then move on to discussing seats that are up for re-election in the state of West Virginia. If you are not from one of these states mentioned today, but would like more information on your races, information can be found directly from Ballotpedia.com. My name is Abby Smith, and this is 18 to 24, the election podcast by and for young people. First, I'm going to quickly go through some of the most competitive house races in the country right now. I'm not going to go too in-depth with these because there are a multitude of them. There are currently 11 Democratic toss-up races. Seats in play are the California 21st, the Florida 26th, the Iowa 1st and 2nd, Minnesota's 7th, New Mexico's 2nd, New York's 11th and 22nd, Oklahoma's 5th, Utah's 4th, and Virginia's 2nd. On the Republican side, there are 14 toss-up races. The Arizona 6th, California 25th, Indiana 5th, Missouri 2nd, Nevada 2nd, New Jersey 2nd, New York 2nd and 24th, Ohio 1st, Pennsylvania 10th, Texas 21st, 22nd and 24th, and Virginia's 5th. Even with all of these races in play, it is highly unlikely that Republicans will be able to flip the House, so Democrats will maintain the majority. The Senate is a completely different story. There is an ever-increasing chance that Democrats could regain control of the majority in the Senate. Currently, it seems that the Democrats will only lose one seat, with Senator Doug Jones's seat likely shifting right. The only other slightly vulnerable seat for Democrats is Michigan Senator Gary Peters, but even then, the seat is leaning Democratic. The Republicans, however, have around 12 seats that they are either leaning Democrat, are full toss-ups, or only slightly leaning Republican. The two states that are currently leaning Democrat are Arizona Senator Martha McSally's seat and Colorado Senator Cory Gardner's seat. The true races to watch are the toss-up races, and for Republicans, they have a multitude of them. Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue from Georgia, both are vulnerable. Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa, Senator Susan Collins from Maine, Senator Steve Daines from Montana, Senator Tom Tillis from North Carolina, and most recently, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. All of these seats being classified as toss-up makes the Republican majority seem very, very vulnerable. There are currently three seats that are leaning Republican, including Alaska Senator Dan Sylvia, Texas Senator John Cornyn, and an open seat from Kansas. Now for a short ad break. The Senate Faculty Committee on Inclusion and Diversity is inviting students, faculty, staff, and community members to a virtual social justice summit series, which will begin during WVU's Diversity Week. The summit will take place virtually at 2 to 4 p.m. on October 16th, 2020, and 11 to 1 p.m. on October 17th, 2020. On day one, the summit will work together as faculty, staff, students, and community members to identify core issues and develop actions for moving our social justice agenda forward. On day two, they will reconvene to share work across groups. This day also features commentary on racial social justice from Dr. Hilary Potter, Associate Dean for Inclusive Practice at the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Colorado Boulder. The link for registration can be found in the description of this podcast. Now, while some states have more vulnerable seats than others, that does not mean that we should not care about every race up and down the ballot this election. Those estimations are based on the current polling data that can change rapidly from day to day. So, we're going to take a look at the four races right now in West Virginia. All three districts in West Virginia have an incumbent Republican running who is being challenged by a Democrat. 
In District 1, you have incumbent representative David McKinley. McKinley was first elected to office in 2010 when he won 50.4% of the votes to defeat Democrat Mike Oliverio and flip the seat from Democrat to Republican. From 2012 through 2018, McKinley did not receive less than 60% of the votes. Prior to that, he served in the West Virginia House of Delegates and was the chairman of the West Virginia Republican Party. His challenger, Natalie Klein, is a native West Virginian, wife, mother, and woman in STEM. She currently telecommutes as a computational linguist for a software company based in Herndon, Virginia. She also taught at both West Virginia and George Mason universities. In District 2, incumbent Republican Representative Alexander Mooney is being challenged by Kathy Kunkel. Prior to being elected to West Virginia's 2nd Congressional District in 2014, Mooney served in the Maryland State Senate representing District 3 from 1999 to 2010. Mooney was the chair of Maryland's Republican Party from 2010 to 2013. His challenger, Kathy Kunkel, earned a bachelor's degree in physics from Princeton University in 2006 and a certificate of advanced study in physics from Cambridge University. Her professional career includes working as an energy policy analyst between 2010 and 2019. In District 3, running for re-election is incumbent Republican Carol Miller. Miller was first elected in 2018, and prior to that, she served as the District 15 representative for the West Virginia House of Delegates from 2006 to 2018. Miller has also worked in real estate and owns a bison farm. Her challenger, Hillary Turner, is a Louisiana native. As of 2020, her professional experience includes working as a teacher, a licensed massage therapist, and a certified yoga teacher. She is affiliated with the West Virginia Can't Wait Movement and the Huntington Tenants Union. All candidates have a full list of issues on their websites, which can be found directly through the Ballotpedia link in the description of this podcast. Lastly, looking at the Senate race in West Virginia, incumbent Republican Shelley Moore Capito is being challenged by Democrat Paula Jean Swearengen and Libertarian David Moran. Capito was first elected to the Senate in 2014, becoming the first female U.S. Senator in the state's history. Prior to serving in the state, Capito was a member of the West Virginia House of Representatives from 1997 to 2001 and a member of the United States House of Representatives from 2001 to 2015. Democrat Paula Jean Swearengen is a proud native of Mullins, West Virginia, and most of her family worked in West Virginia's coal industry. Originally an office manager, she lost the 2018 Democratic primary for U.S. Senate to incumbent Joe Manchin, but received the most primary votes against an incumbent U.S. Senator in the state for 75 years. David Moran is the Libertarian candidate for Senate. Moran is a retired engineer and currently operates a sheep and alpaca farm in Preston County, West Virginia. He previously worked for the United States Navy as an oceanographer and ship designer and has taught at the United States Naval Academy, the University of Iowa, George Washington University, and West Virginia University. Again, there are too many issues to go through at once between all of these candidates, but all the candidates' websites can be found directly through the Ballotpedia links below. It is important to do your research on all of the candidates that I listed here today if you're voting in West Virginia, because these candidates have the ability to shape policy in Congress that could affect your life. Yes, we pay attention to the presidency a lot. However, your senators and representatives have more power to shape your daily life than the president does. So it's important to do your research down the ballot to figure out what candidates you're going to be voting for. Last week, I told you that I would no longer be reminding you to register to vote, and that is because I've moved on to reminding you to actually vote. In-person early voting has started in many states, but you also always have the option of voting in person on election day. Be aware that there may be long lines on election day, so if you can, vote early. That's what I'm planning on doing. But if you want to vote on election day, just be prepared that it could take a while. But please, just vote. Thank you for listening to this week's installment of 18 to 24. 
Next week, we will be taking a look at the presidential election, starting with President Donald Trump and Libertarian candidate Joe Jorgensen. To listen to this podcast, visit the daonline.com slash deep dives or subscribe to DA Deep Dives wherever you listen to podcasts.